This episode of the Golf Game and Podcast on the Sports Game and Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia from boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds. WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, get $100 at sportsgamingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions do apply. And we're also brought to you by the NBA Gambling Podcast MLK Day Bingo boards, a hundred dollar gift guide for every bingo hit. Details exclusively on the SGPN app. All right, DJs, welcome back for uh, what I think will be a very brief uh, touch upon uh, for the for the Amex. I'm pretty sure all the air is going to get filled from Steve doing cartwheels, touting his New York Giants ridiculous victory today. Steve, one out of hundred. How excited are you, buddy? I mean, I, I'm, I'm about an idea, but do you, I mean, we have three courses this week. Do you think I won't talk for an hour tonight about each one? No, no we're definitely not doing that. I mean, oh, really? Okay. All right. Well, I've been doing the solo. I've been doing the previous show solo, so you can just exit, by the way, if you really get sick of all this stuff. Uh, I am doing awesome. Um, big Blue Nation, baby. Um, it almost seemed like Daniel Jones knew there was 80 million guaranteed on the line. And that was, by the way, I put that in our Discord. I I, I had that thought earlier because he's playing so good. I didn't want to actually put that in the in the open because I didn't want to mush anything. But yeah. uh, it really seemed like he knew that I could get a hundred twenty million dollar contract tonight if I played great. Yep. And he played awesome. He, he was played amazing. so good. I mm-hmm. am really happy about what happened. Uh, I thought he was awesome. I thought coaching, the play calling, was really good. Our defense got lit up. But that kind of happens with our defense because, you know, it's weak Martindale's. He just blitzes all the time. Minnesota did a good job, you know, kind of checking down everything. But at the end of the day, the better team won, the better coach team won. I am ecstatic. Let's go, baby. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it was very, it was impressive. It was a great uh, Jones. Mm-hmm. It really was. It was, uh, it was excellent, dude. Uh, yeah. I mean, did it with his. Legs did it with his, uh, did it with his arm. I mean, but you, you, I mean, you said your defense got burned, but I mean, you guys kept Jefferson in check in that second half, man. They did. I mean, it helped that we got Dory Jackson back. How did we? We had Xavier McKinney back from the uh, the uh, ATV injury. Uh, that helped too. Uh, if I was not a Giants fan, I would have slammed all the TJ Hawkinson props, and that would have hit every single place. Oh, he was a monster out there. He was because our for the tenth year in a row, we don't have any linebackers, so. Uh, but this is great. Now yeah, no, 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 no complaining today. There's no complaining. No, of course not. No complaining. Listen, everything into this game was basically playing with house money. We were supposed to be terrible. This is a rebuilding year for us. And the fact that Brian Dayball could squeeze all of that out of this team when our best receiver is a guy that got cut from the Bills, basically, um, and we have a 90 90- – like an $80 million sunk cost receiver, basically blocking. Hey, that was um, a great block. It was a great block. <laughs> great I mean, block. he should, he should get an endorsement from IHOP, you know, I mean, at this point, although he's got enough money, so he probably doesn't need it, but um, great game today. Uh, my life flashed before my eyes when Kayvon Thibodeau was on the turf, but he proved to be okay. Um, you know, listen, like a lot, a couple of my bets didn't really pan out for the Gi- Giants game. It's I, I'm sorry that, they were just way too efficient today that uh, they didn't sell for field goals or, you know, I mean, Kirk Cousins, he almost threw a pick. I thought I cashed that. For uh, him, I started the, the ground. 
But listen, we move on to Philadelphia. Um, I may go to the game next weekend. We will see. Hell yeah. Uh, I I am working on logistics right now for it. Uh, But otherwise, though, it is everything gravy. What do you think Um, that line's going to open at? uh, For the Eagles? Yeah. Probably seven and a half is my guess. Ooh. I do. Giants are are playing good. Eagles have not been very good for the last couple weeks. Um, I think they're going to put it seven and a half, maybe eight and a half is my guess. I like that. I think I'll take the Giants on that. Okay. All right. Okay. I like, I, 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 I like we'll the see scrappy, what happens. I, I like the scrappy underdog teams next weekend. I mean, like, I'll, you know I, mean? I mean, we have the coaching advantage. I mean, Dayball over Sirianni. Yeah, I take that all day. It, it's, it's no question. Now, um, you know, the Eagles have had our number in the playoffs. Uh, I think back in 2000. The year after we beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl, we played the Eagles in the divisional round. They beat us then. A couple years before that, the Eagles beat us there. So they have our number in the playoffs. Uh, They also have our number whenever I show up at the link. So maybe I shouldn't (laughs) go. So maybe you shouldn't go. But we'll see. I mean, like ticket prices right now, we're looking at the ticket price. They're pretty high. Um, Yeah, it's a a playoff game. game, But but we'll see. (laughs) We will see what happens. But otherwise, though, everything's good. Um, I think the only question comes down right now. I'm, uh, I'm wondering if you're going to ask this question is mm. if my opinion has changed and if we should sign Daniel Jones. Yeah, I think you should. I said it last week. <laughs> Dude, look, look um, at what, co- look at good coaching can do, man. He played good. I, 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 I think, I think this, uh, I think this upped my price of what yeah. I would be willing to pay him guaranteed. Now, do I think we're going to win the Super Bowl with him? No, I, I don't. Do we think we have the upside of like a Tennessee Titans with Ryan Tannehill when we can make an AFC championship, see what happens, make a Super Bowl, or like the 49ers? I think we can do that. Yeah. Um, do I think he's a Super Bowl winning quarterback? Bro, Eli Rob, Manning. Eli not. Manning won fucking Super Bowls. Okay. Okay. Come on. I I think I'm I, I am more willing, I think, at this point after tonight's and which is dangerous, by the way, because I'm just on a high right now. Like we saw I have a Derek Carr last year where he almost beat the Bengals and then he got like a hundred million to guarantee and now he's not gonna be on the team right now. No. So it's it's very dangerous. I think look, I, I, I think the Giants at this point they probably had to extend him. Um yeah. I'm worried that somebody will give him a huge contract and it's going to be too much for the Giants at that point. Um, Who's good? But I don't know. it only takes there's one, a lot of there's a lot of desperate teams. Yeah, it only takes I mean, he owner. he was very good. Today. Oh, it was great today. He was great, yes. man. I, I mean, with it. his legs, um, very accurate with the ball. I mean, now I still think a lot of that is coaching. But it's definitely coaching. That's what I'm saying. I mean, look at the yes. difference between Josh Allen's. Dumbass today, fucking poor oh decision God. making all over the fucking place. <laughs> oh, do we want to talk about that real quick? Yeah, sure. I can't believe God, they suck. God, believe. they were they were bad. They, 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 here's my they're gonna, here's they're my gonna theory. lose. Jacksonville's Jacksonville's going to win. All right. Well, here's my here's my theory. <laughs> um, so Josh Allen got rocked in the first quarter after a run like near. Yeah. I think he ran to like the ten. I think he got a concussion. Yeah, on that play because he was awful for about two quarters. Yeah. That maybe he kind of like cleared like you know the cobwebs and everything. He was, he was he was good in the fourth quarter, but like man, like it reminded me a lot of when Pat Mahomes got rocked when they were up twenty one nothing last year against mm. the Bengals, and he was terrible for the rest of the game. It reminded me a lot of that, like some of the throws he was making. Um, I I remember Romo 
uh, it was it was a play, it was a uh, it was an option play, and Romo commented, "Well, Allen was supposed to keep it. He didn't. He forgot. Well, I mean, he forgot. Maybe hello. Yeah, that's true. Maybe. So I mean, rewatch, I, the, rewatch the tape and see. If, yeah, uh, I mean, he got rocked by a couple guys, and I would not be surprised if they, um, if they hid that just to keep him in the game. Now it worked yeah, out for true. them. It was great, uh, but it's looking like right now they're probably going to play the Bengals." Uh, in Buffalo next weekend, which would be oh, fitting. Right. Play Bengals, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it would be fitting because that game got canceled. You know, fate intervenes. They'll probably bring Demar Hamlin to the game. Um, yeah, we we will see. Uh, and then, I mean, I don't know. Jacksonville's frisky. Yeah, dude. That, we'll listen, the, the confidence that they must have after that just horrific fucking first half. I mean, what a fucking what is. Have you joke. shared the screenshot on Twitter? Like, and uh, is that no. going to draw a lot of ire to uh, no. to me do right now? No, no, I won't do it. When I said the game was over, I'm going to bed, and then <laughs> yeah. uh, my kids started crying about 11:30. I woke up and I saw it was 30 to 28, <laughs> and the Jaguars were, were driving. I'm sorry, Charger fans. Funny. I mushed you guys. I'm sorry. Call me. Call me <laughs> the Andercus. I Anderson. Staley, man. I can't believe he still has a job right now as we're talking. Oh, That's they'll probably story. reevaluate on Monday. He should have been gone. He should have they should have left his ass at Jacksonville. He, he's gonna get fired. Him and yeah. Lombardi are getting fired. For sure. For sure. I mean, that was so I had Jacksonville money line mm-hmm. in that game. It like it just seemed like between the Chargers futility just to fail and just karma. For playing your starters in week 18. And, and getting, getting one of them hurt. Getting one of them hurt. It just seemed like at that point, it was just destined yeah. to, to, for Jacksonville to win. Dude, my, some of my group chats with uh, all my buddies who are like lifelong Jags fans. And fucking like they, the misery these poor pricks were going through in the, in the first half. <laughs> it was so bad. Tommy left, Tommy left my house at halftime. <laughs> Probably went to bed like me. No, no, no. He stayed up and watched it. A lot of okay. uh, so I had one. I had one birthday party. Today. That's why I didn't have the volume for any of the, the bill shit. I was at this place called Main Events, like video games and bowling and shit for one of my daughter's birthdays. And then yesterday was another daughter's birthday party. And so she, my nineteen year old, was like, "You still have a whole second half, Uncle Tommy. It'll be fine." Oh like, yeah. yeah, and it turned yeah. out to be okay. <laughs> it turned out yeah. to be okay. Yeah, because she yeah. knew that Brandon Staley was a stooge, and and, and that right. the uh, co-host of the Golf Killing Podcast just mushed it <laughs> exactly. completely. Yeah. Well, I said, I mean, listen, I, I, everybody thought it was fucking over. I took it those, was, I took but those... then you started going down, what, plus 19 and a half, plus yeah. 17 and a half. Yeah. 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 Good I was job, like, you, buddy. Yeah, well, good. I gave fucking most of the back today, like always. The uh, Well, I'm but... sorry. Yeah, I mean, I told you that's the best. I'm sorry <laughs> that Josh was so efficient. Well, My apologies. What are you going to do? I, uh, the, only, the, only thing I, the only thing I took that um, I wouldn't have taken is the stupid field goal bag. I always take Kirk Cousins for a fucking interception. That's not, that's not I mean, you. he almost did it. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It barely, it barely <laughs> hit the ground. No. No. The, yeah. the good thing the, was, uh, so I've started jumping up and down. Um, so with the toddler, something can go either way. Like either you see like, you know, sometimes you see that parent go, get really excited. They get upset. Yeah. Uh, my kid just started laughing hysterically and wanted to jump with me. So <laughs> that's right. Uh, things were good today. That's right. Things were good. So this is good, good fucking day. See, we uh, hit. We I, we were on him. He wasn't even on my fucking radar, man. So like, I can't even get. I can't even get mad about it. So he was on my radar, but I was just stubborn to the lean that anyone who played last week was going to win. Me too. So yeah. well, I mean, like, I mean, he fit. Like 
so he's been he's been a really accurate driver of the golf ball. Like I think only in his past twenty five uh, starts, he's only lost strokes to the field and fairways gained three of them. Yeah. So that theory hit. Yeah. Um. As far as the rest of my card, I mean, what like Song J missed the cut. Mm-hmm. Uh, Keith Mitchell played really badly on Thursday. Played great on Friday, but yeah, didn't matter at that late. point. Yeah, uh, who else on my card? I forget. Billy Horschel was terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian Harmon didn't come through. Nope. Um, and then I cost myself by doing the top twenty Tom Kim, which was terrible. No. The paying juice for top, you know, top forty with Keith Mitchell. But if I just I stuck to the regular that. programming, I mean. Ben Taylor top forty plus two seventy. Yeah. Brendan Todd plus top forty plus you know one thirty. Hayden Buckley, who I called the poor man's Keith Mitchell, who almost won the fucking, <laughs> tournament, won the fucking tournament plus yeah. one twenty five. Uh, Ryan Armour could have a chance if he didn't screw up the last hole on the easiest hole in the PJ Tour. God, that was so rough. bad. So I, yeah. I, I so I think going into this week, um, unless your name is Roy McIlroy or John Rahm, I am done doing. Uh, paying juice for positionals. Um, I yeah. need you to hold me to that. I need you yeah. to electrocute me I anytime I will do that and going forward. Um, yeah. and just stick with the programming. Uh, I'm not okay. dissuaded by, um, you know, not going past 50 to 160 to 1 because I think Siwoo was about like 50 to 1 this week. I saw a lot of like uh, 40, 45s out there. Yeah. So again, and that's why, like, that's why I, I, Picked, I picked Cage Lee over him. I, I targeted him in a matchup with Cage Lee. Good call, asshole. Yeah, I mean, listen, like, I, again, like, that section of the board's hitting. So mm-hmm. if this was in the middle of the summer, maybe Cebu ends up my betting card just because that's where I'm looking at. But, yeah, yeah like, th- this is not, I don't think, I think we're going to continue what happened last year. I think for outrights, if you're paying over 60 to 1, either you can squeeze it in your card just based on structure, but... I think the talent gap between the guys really at the top and the guys that are like 60, 70 to one in normal times, if we had live all those guys in, I think they'd be a hundred. I think they're bad prices at that point. Um, I think you just, as a philosophy, just keep targeting that range. Even if it doesn't hit, if you miss out on a guy, a hundred to one, keep going, just keep going, going. That's where the range is going to be. And then focus on fundamentals as far as like guys who fit the course, which listen, like see who fit the course this week. As far as what I said, I, I you know, accurate yep. driver, of the golf ball, he drove it pretty well this week. Um, he played well. But you know, I, there was a dumb narrative that I was a slave to that. anyone oh, played Kapalua, but next week we're gonna have to worry about it. Um, a lot of guys who are going to play cap uh, PJ West next week, played at least once in the last two weeks. Not have to worry about it. You yeah. know, just free wheel it right now, and uh, we'll see what happens. All right, well, listen, we'll break down the course here in a second, but uh, WinBet is the official online sports book of the Sports Given Podcast Network. WinBet is active in a bunch of states, and there's tons of ways to win, including live betting and same-game highlights. The NFL playoffs are here. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. So if you're ready to play, sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100 and get $100. Limited state availability. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know that we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Offer is subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. I must be 21 and older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And uh, I mentioned off the top, the NBA Gambling Podcast is doing a special basketball bingo giveaway. 
for all the games happening tomorrow on MLK Day. Uh, all you have to do is subscribe to the NBA Gambling Podcast YouTube page and then click the sign-up link in the app. Get all the links exclusively on the SGPN app. That is one sport that I I think I've tried betting a handful of times. And by I say tried, like just texting Moon off, like, hey, what can I bet tonight? I, I don't bet the NBA, like ever. And I bet pretty much everything. I don't know. I just, I, I don't trust it. You're on mute. Mute, 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 mute. You're on mute. My apologies. It's <laughs> golf and NFL for me. So yeah. can, can, I, can I say one thing, by the way? Because I, I know sometimes with all the shows, we kind of gloss over the, uh, the gambling addiction uh, line right there. Um, if you are somebody who might be struggling with that right now, um, you know, take it seriously. Don't have any shame about it. Um, listen, gambling is supposed to be fun and bet responsibly. So, listen, I know we're a gambling show. I know it's kind of hypocritical for me to say this right now, but um, if you're struggling with it, gamble responsibly. Yeah, gamble. I mean, like, is yeah, that so what we should be doing right now? We should be advocating yeah. that right now. Yeah, I agree. That's what I'm agreeing with you. It's, it's I mean, the look on your face right now say like, "Hey, why are you saying this?" And I'm hurting our brand. No, I just feel, I just feel attacked. That's all. <laughs> why do you feel attacked right now? Because I don't always gamble responsibly. Okay. Well, if you're somebody that is struggling right now, like you know, like you're worrying about you know paying your bookie, everything like that, it's okay to sit one out. So right, exactly. gambling supposed to be fun. It's not supposed to be stressful, cause you to lose sleep. So. Uh, I, I think as a network, sometimes we gloss over that line. I know a lot of people just kind of speed through it. It's important. So if you're somebody who's struggling, it's okay. Sit one out, get help. Gotcha. All right, man. So, <laughs> okay. so, so, so Amex, huh? Yeah. So, Amex. Let's, let's gamble on this shit. I can't wait. Uh, I can't wait to see all my stupid first round leaders fucking chopped. Yeah, I mean, I hate hey, the listen, fucking I hate you are two stuff. for two on personal leaders. Just gonna chop to oblivion. Chop <laughs> and chop to oblivion. Unbelievable. Spieth went from personal leader to cut. He oh my god! Awful on on Friday. He was terrible. What was, what was that? Like it was. I wasn't even paying attention. Like I was running around doing errands and I was listening to the car, and uh, I was like in public and came out and I'm like. Speed needs to get off this bogey train. I was like, he needs to do fucking what now? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what, what do you mean he's got fucking four bogeys? I didn't even know there was water on nine. <laughs> I, I had no canal. idea there was that canal there because it's an automatic birdie, that hole. <laughs> and he soon starts listening. I'm like, all right, maybe he's in the palm trees. I didn't know he was going to find water. Wow. So that was, um, that was really bad. He's going to be hard to trust, man. Like, that's, that's tough. He's had to trust in the first place anyway. It is. Like, never mind. Never mind the debacle like that. I mean, for, for his MO for the last six months has been his putter. He's gone away from him. Yeah. Um, everything got away from him. Everything. Exactly. Everything. Irons, fucking everything. All right. Well, we don't have to worry about him in this field this week. Nope. Uh, he that good, good this week, though. Actually, a really good field. Yeah. So it seems like, I mean, like it's kind of going to be hit or miss as far as like when you have these non-elevated events, who's going to show up, who doesn't. It seems like American Express kind of went to a lot of these guys like, hey, look, like we, we gave you guys we, the black hat. We gave you guys the black hat. Show the fuck up at the event. Exactly. And it seems like we have a lot of those guys. I mean, like, I mean, obviously, John Robb is going to show up, you know, past defending, you know, champion here no. um, has been really critical of this tournament, by the way. You know, says so it's basically yeah. a birdie fest. I think this is the one he complained last year. Like, listen, good ball contest. doesn't really matter. Yeah. 
Uh, but he's listen. Amex is still paying him on the table, so he's showing up. Um, Xander is technically in the field still. Think, we'll see if that sell? actually six. I don't know, man. Don't, it depends on how his back's doing. Great. Yeah. So I mean, that's you know, Matt Gannon, uh, our columnist for Sports Gaming Podcast. He puts out a great column with uh, some uh, quotes from all the players. Yeah, dude, I read I read that this past week. That's a really good. I really enjoyed that column. He I does. He does a really good job yeah. of that. So um, probably something to kind of t- keep in mind. I'm sure he's going to put a Xander quote. Probably listen to the press conference. I'm yeah. not one for a press conference quote, but as I've read the column and he does a good job picking out the important stuff and what isn't, um, it's probably going to be important to listen to Xander this week, see how he's feeling. Yeah. Uh, because, like, you know, anytime you get to one of these multi course tournaments, kind of like we see, you know, this week, and, you know, some of them value certain things and not, you kind of want like a really good all around player. And yeah. Xander is basically it. So if he's healthy, this would be a great fit for him. You know, he, you know, his last two trips here back in 2016, 2017, he got cut. But, you know, a guy like that should be pretty good. But if his back's not doing well, it's great. But, I mean, it's not good. But, I mean, listen, besides him, if he withdraws, I mean, you got Sam Burns, Patrick Cantlay, Tony Finau, Sunjay M, Tom Kim. Uh, two guys are pretty disappointing at the uh, the Sony. That was nuts yeah. for, uh, for me. Uh, my betting card. <laughs> Uh, Schaffler is going to play. He finished third here a couple of years ago. Cam Young, who, uh, by the way, is in the Saudi field. You never, I know. I didn't want to, I didn't want to acknowledge it. (laughs) What the hell is that about? I don't know, man. It doesn't, one doesn't equal the other. Other guys have gone over there. Didn't Billy, doesn't Billy, didn't Billy Horshaw used to play in the Saudi thing? No, Horshaw never went over. He, he got rumored to be going to live, but. Uh, I know Cam Young had those rumors about live. Yeah. Last year. And then he stayed and now he's. Like I, I scanned through that list and it's like it's Cam Young, Cam Champ, by the way, which is perfect to go to live, by the way. Yeah, please yeah. God, just take just, him. So just I don't, go, you know. just go. You're you're fine. Uh, your boy, the ear, Lucas Herbert. Uh, he's gonna play over in Saudi. Uh, that would not he's surprise. Played, he's played. He's played over. He has that wouldn't surprise. And he's Australian. Me. Yeah, that, that wouldn't surprise me if he goes. No, me either. Uh, but Cam Young, I think, is the big surprise going over playing that live. Well, it's not live. It's the Asian tour event, but it's basically a live. Tournament, yeah, anyway. uh, that's interesting. Uh, and then I think there's eight reserve spots. I'm gonna assume those are for PG Tour guys, or maybe you're waiting their waiver. So Xander could potentially be one of those guys. Xander's played over there a bunch, right? He has played there twice, I think. No, so no. we'll see. Um, no. yeah, that's gonna be interesting in about a month, but anyways, you know, so Cam Young's playing, Will Zaltoris, he's playing there too. Well, uh, he, so, he looked healthy when he played. So he did. He, he looked pretty you know. good. So good field this week at the American Express. Um, they can't have everybody fucking under thirty to one. They gotta they gotta spread it out a little bit. Well, that's the thing. I mean, like what I'm what I'm interested in seeing is like is Sung Jae mm-hmm. gonna maybe drift because he was so bad. He's been very good at the uh, at PJ West. I mean, um, so if he has a three in front of his name, I don't think he will. I think he'll have probably like twenty five to one. That could yeah. be interesting though. I don't know. Do you trust? Do you, do you still trust him? Like it wasn't. I, I don't. I mean, I, at this point, maybe I've been overrating him a little bit. I, I think the problem with Sung Jay is I've been blowing past, and when looking at his profile last two weeks, I bet I bet him a cap blue. I bet him this week. Um, his proximity numbers from under one fifty are really bad, but his scoring mm-hmm. numbers because he's such usually a good putter is really good. Now that also could be. 
kind of a mix of what tournaments he's been playing in. Mm-hmm. But the fact that the last two weeks where kind of wedge play has been pretty important, I've been betting him and I've been blowing past his bad proximity numbers in those ranges. And this week, and we'll talk about it a little bit, I think that's important once again. Maybe that's someone I shy away from, even though he has been pretty good at this event in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, what, so what, what's the course rotation again? I can't, I can never fuck it. All right. Those. So they played the stadium one. Yeah. So we're going back to, so two years ago in the COVID year, um, it was just La Quinta and right. Nicholas tournament, right. um, you know, because they want to keep everybody there. Uh, last year, they returned it to the great rotation. Guys. It's going to be the same thing this right. year. So it's going to be two rounds of yeah. the stadium, of course, which is yeah. Pete Dye Design, opened in 1986. Yeah. Um, basically a sequel to TBC Sawgrass. See, like, um, this is the this is the week I would have bet Seawood. Like, this is about that. Right. I can't bet well, mm-hmm. I mean, he won here and cashed us 70 to 1 a couple of yeah, years no. ago. So that would have been perfect. <laughs> it's true. It's very true. But, so yeah, so we're doing two rounds there. We're doing one round of Nicholas Tournament, which is on the same property. It's basically across the street from the stadium, of course. Uh, and then you got La Quinta, which is up north, a um, couple miles from. That's the uh, one with no, that, that one has no shot link, no fuck. Well, right? Nicholas Tournament doesn't have shot link. And uh, La Quinta doesn't have shot link. So you only got two rounds this week with shot link. So that's that's the problem. Like a lot of my preview column that I came up with, is I tried to give you as much information as I could from Nicholas Herman Lakenta. No. Um, most of the actual scoring data and difficulty is only from Stadium Course. No, but I will explain in this preview a little later. Um, if I stop rambling, be a drunk idiot like I am right <laughs> now. Um, some things I'm looking for with those tournaments. So why don't we start with the Stadium Course real quick? So I'll uh, I'll give a brief description of each one. And then we'll take another break and we'll go over betting strategies because there's a lot to cover there. We actually don't so, need to take another break. I already took care of all the housekeeping early. Oh, we don't need to break. All right, nope, perfect. You can I'm just keep rambling keep, like a drunken idiot. Keep rolling right now. You can take a smoke <laughs> break and I'll just keep rolling right now. Oh, I'll definitely make it a drink break. This is my first, drink. <laughs> my first This is my first drink of the night, man. I'm, all I'm, right. I'm so down. so two rounds are at the stadium course. Um, so basically that was created in 1986 by Pete Dye. Um, legendary architect, I don't really need to go into uh, his design philosophy. It was basically built as a sequel to TVC Sawgrass. Um, so they first played this course back in 1987, but the uh, snowflakes and uh, uh, shout out Patrick Cantlay, Pat Pampered Fox mm. of the PG Tour back then said it was too hard. So they stopped going to the stadium course. It was just there for basically members and resort guests. Um, had a couple redesigns. And eventually they came back here in 2016. And it's after the redesigns, it definitely neutered the golf course a lot more than what it was. Uh, it's still technically the hardest golf course of the rotation. I'll get to that in a little bit. I say hardest in quotes because mm-hmm. you guys to rip it up. But of the three golf courses, it is the most difficult. You know, you see a lot of Pete Dye concepts with the stadium course. You know, a lot of forced layups, a lot of kind of, you know, shots where you have to hit a three wood. Otherwise, you know, you're taking on too much risk or there just really doesn't make a whole lot of sense to take a driver because you'll just end up in the rough. Um, a lot of shots, a lot of holes, especially on the par fours where 
the green is angled away from the direction of the fairway. So you kind of got to aim towards the right, you know, the correct side of the fairway. Otherwise, you're going to be carrying a fair, you know, carrying a bunker. A lot of the same principles as you kind of see at TPC Sawgrass. And there's a couple of holes that kind of look like Sawgrass, you know, that, uh, the fifth is Sawgrass. That seems like identical, isn't it? Well, I'm going to get to that. But yes, you know, the fifth is Sawgrass and the ninth, the same course. They look basically the same. The 10th and 12th, uh, 10th is Sawgrass, 12th, the same course, they're the same. But the most blatant ripoff, and that's kind of how I'm going to describe this place, is it's essentially Disneyland to Disney World. <laughs> okay. Is is the seventeenth hole? Blatant ripoff. The pretty much the exact same hole. The seventeenth of the same course is a little longer. What is it, Sawgrass? The only real difference is um, the seventeenth hole. It's, it's so they're both island greens. Sh- you know, shortish par threes. Um, Sawgrass is held together by railroad ties. Um, the seventeenth, the same course, healthy creppings. That's where you get the description. That's Alcatraz. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. it's the same course. That's the nickname. Both of them were prone to blow ups. I posted a video in my column this week of basically how guys just screw up there. A lot of times where they kind of hit a little bit of an offline shot and it just ends up nestled next to the rocks. And then just, they screw up from there. Now, the funny thing though, is I think back in 2016, uh, when Duffner won was, I think he ended up right near the rocks. He hit a miraculous ship, you know, the basically oh, up down yeah. the tournament. But like, I mean, like I think David Lingmurth basically hit a chip. It hit a rock and bounced back into the water. Like pretty much if if you're against the rocks is a penalty shot and there's water all around. I know we saw Danny Lee, I think last year he hit a rock and bounced over to land. So he could theoretically up and down for 40 yards. He kept hitting it again in the water. He took like a nine in the hole. <laughs> so there's a lot of that on that golf course. Um, there's also the Canyon Bunker right next to uh, the par 5, 16. Oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot about which that Which is 18 feet deep. Didn't Higgs hit like a crazy shot out of there last year? Possibly. I, I don't know. Um, I posted a video, though, of um, poor Arnold Palmer. They, they laid him out on this video. He took like three to get out of there back in 1996. Really? Yeah, really disrespectful to him. Um, but you see a bunch of amateurs, they try to get out of there. Like, like, like for a lot of these pros, uh, they might not hit a great shot, they can get up and down from out of there. Amateurs, right. though, and that's kind of the problem with this golf course, is like like a lot of the difficulties kind of manufactured. Like, like the bunker, for instance. Like, there's no reason that should actually be there. It's really just for show. It's a gimmick. Right. And, you know, while the pros can get up and down from it, like if you're an amateur like you and me, we're basically tossing our ball back into the green at that point. Like there's, there's <laughs> yeah. no, there's I just, no, I just want out. Yeah, I just right. want out. <laughs> there's no point. So like is the stadium course, like as a sequel to TBC soccer as a great golf course, I would say no. no. Um, you know, it could have been back in 1986 when die actually designed it, you know, maybe. But they took a lot of the teeth out of it, and they kind of left with a lot of these, like, you know, you can see the die characteristics to it, like I described. But I mean, it's it's a whatever golf course, and I'll get into like some of the areas where it still kind of plays like a die when we get to betting strategies. But overall, it's whatever, and I, I think that's the reason why, like, especially with modern technology, like a lot of guys, you know, back, you know, maybe ten years ago, where 
a lot of these forced layups required a driver to get to it. Now these guys are hitting long iron or like we would to get these areas. It's definitely made it a lot easier, a lot less penal than what it used to be. No. Uh, I think the average score last year was 70 and a half, uh, which is basically one and a half under par. Uh, it's still the hardest technically of three tournaments or, or three golf courses, but it, it's, it's whatever. Was, was this the one where fucking uh, knuckle nuts, uh, Seamus, uh, like played really well here, then went to the Quinter and just like shat down his leg. No, that was Pebble. Pebble. When uh, I held what forty to one, he had a five yeah, shot lead. For I couldn't remember. Yeah, yeah th- thank you for bringing that back. I appreciate that. No problem, buddy. <laughs> um, no problem. All right, so that's the same course. They also play the Nicholas. Wait, Curry. so wait, timeout. So there, okay. there's, so this is the cut on Saturday. No, cuts on Sunday. Or no, yeah, yeah, after Saturday. Then they so do the cut. So yeah. All right. So now I, I actually forgot before I move on. Um, I'm going to break some news. Not sure this is going to pick up a lot of areas, but uh, the same course has been undergoing a renovation for the last basically year and a half or so. Yeah. Um, so the first, it's in two phases. The first phase is they removed a lot of trees. Um, they removed about 200 trees. Now it's not quite as dramatic what they did at Oak Hill, you know, up in my neck. I talk about Andy Lag as far as like how that might change the golf course. But they removed a lot of trees to no. make it a little more wide open off the tee. Um, they also recovered some bushes, some like, you know, some groundwork as far as like, you know, just stuff that got lost over the years. So that's phase one. Now next year, they're going to renovate the greens, renovate the bunkers. Like that's a major renovation right now. But as far as this year though, doesn't really do a whole lot for me. Like unlike last week at the Sony where, you know, the, the, the material change that I talk about materiality, I'm, I'm an accountant where going from two and a quarter inch rough Bermuda to three inch Bermuda rough kind of changed a little bit how I wanted to bet. Yeah. That was hit or miss successful for me. Um, the removal of the trees doesn't really do a whole lot for me other than the fact that for a lot of these guys, um, it did, it did create some like landmarks to aim towards off the tee. Now it's a little more wide open. So maybe guys who are a little better off the tee, just more confident with their driver or three wood might have a little bit more advantage just because they're just good at it. They don't have an aiming mark, but otherwise though, you know, this is what I talked about last week where, you know, sometimes there's this change with a golf course where it's material, sometimes it's not. I would say it's immaterial. This is not really impacting a lot about how I'm looking at it. Now, next year, though, when they actually expand the greens and renovate the bunkers, that might be something where that might change my handicap. For this year, I wouldn't worry about it, though. So you might hear a little bit of that, about that this week. I don't know if that's going to be picked up a lot. Um, it is more wide open. Honestly, I don't really remember the trees really coming into play a whole lot if you've missed a fairway anyways from right. prior year. So um, it's an interesting note, but it's not going to change really a whole lot of what I look at. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. All right, so there's Nicholas Tournament course. That's across the street. Um, that is essentially a watered-down version of the same course. I mean, it's it's kind of like a lot of Nicholas courses. What grass is this? Was Well, I'll get to that. But... Uh, this is, so it's it's dormant Bermuda off the fairways, mm-hmm. and then it's overseeded in the fairways and the greens. Okay. Now, um, I was gonna get to this, but you, you may brought up or, you know early for me. 
Yeah. Um, I noticed in the uh, the GCSAA term of fact sheet that they did not note the greens is overseeded, which I think is an oversight um, because the weather's really cold. I know that they closed the course back in October. The Nicholas course and the Stadium course were overseeding. Um, in November, the Nicholas course opened back up uh, after the OSCE process. For whatever reason, in uh, the same course didn't open until December, which is weird. Maybe something happened with the overseeing process. Uh, yeah. Typically, what would happen in most years would be um, the fairways be overseed with some sort of like ryegrass and the greens overseed with a Poe Trivialis, which I'll get to when it's betting strategies as far as like, you know, different types of golf courses that have that same green complex. But um, I do know the Nicholas Tournament course, though, is that uh, two years ago, they actually did the same type of renovation process they wanted to do next year with the same course where um, they renovated the greens at the Nicholas Thurman course, you know, because over the years with mowing patterns, uh, the greens just naturally shrink. They expand right. the greens. The greens are much bigger at the Nicholas Thurman course. I think they average about 7,100 square feet on average uh, versus about 5,000 square feet um, for the same course. So bigger greens on the Nicholas Thurman course. Uh, those are Tiff Eagle, that grass, which – that can be hit or miss if you really want to overseed it because that is a little more uh, colder tolerant than some other strains of Bermuda. Now, I would guess because of the fact that it gets down to about 30 degrees low in La Quinta, that's not sustainable for healthy growing Bermuda. It doesn't matter if it's tippy or what. Right. That's not sustainable for it. So I would imagine they probably overseeded it. Uh, I did note when I did scouting of it last year that there's a potential if it's warm enough temperatures, either they could not overseed it or maybe not put the chemicals down to um, tamper down the green to grow. Maybe they allow it to grow back. Looking at the weather report recently, it's been low 60s highs, 40s, 30s lows. I would imagine it's overseed, but I've been in contact. I sent an email to my contact GCSAA to confirm it. Maybe that was an oversight on their part. I am going to assume that it's overseeded greens on the Nicholas Tournament course, just like it is at the same course in Lakinda, which I'll get to in a little bit. But uh, the Nicholas Tournament course, essentially what I said was it was basically a watered-down version of the same course. A lot of it's very right straight in front of you. Um, right. There's not a lot of – not as many forced layups at the Nicholas Tournament course as there is at the same course. So I feel like it's a little more driver-heavy. Um, you know, there still is – you know, you got the mogul mounts kind of you see with Pete Dye, like it's sawgrass or the same course. Like, you know, you may mention this, I think, a couple of weeks ago where you played sawgrass, where if you're off the fairway, sometimes you're against like, you know, like a mound or something. You got those at Nicholas Tournament course too, so you don't really want to miss a fairway, but the fairways are generally pretty wide. Everything's pretty much right in front of you. Um, you know, don't really want to be in a lot of the fairway bunkers, but you can kind of carry some of those if you're driving it pretty well. Um, there's a reason why that is a little easier scoring than the same course because everything's right in front of you. The greens are a little bigger. Anytime you have an overseeded uh, surface, it tends to be a little softer. Um, that's why it's a little easier. So, uh, so that's the Nicholas tournament course. Basically it's a watered down version of the same course. And then you got La Quinta. Uh, that is the oldest uh, golf course of the rotation of the Amex. Uh, it was opened in 1959 and was renovated in 1999. It's been part of the American Express since 1972. Again, no shot link data to speak of. But if you just look at it, 
Uh, off the tee, it's a lot tighter sight lines. It's way more tree-lined than the same course and the Nicholas Tournament course. But it's completely outdated. Uh, yeah. Pretty much all the bunkers are easily carried off the tee. I think like it takes like a 260-yard carry to carry most bunkers there. You can cut the dog legs. There's a couple water hazards, but otherwise, like this is the, the course where you have to go low. Uh, if you want to contend for the Amex, like if, if like even like three under four under might not cut it at La Quinta. It is, it's a short golf course, not a whole lot of trouble off the tee, not a ton of difficult approach shots, a lot of short approach, approach shots. It's, it's a very easy track. So even though there isn't any shot link data, it's, it's pretty easy for everybody. And I'll, and I'll get to like, there's a relative skill set chart that we can talk about from data golf as far as like they took. Who tends to score better there? We'll get to that, but um, overall for the tournament, if you don't score very well, we can't, uh, you're kind of SOL. It's a wrap. Yeah, yeah a wrap. Ba- basically, yeah. It's kind of like Seamus Power last year at uh, Monterey Peninsula where yeah. he was great for two rounds and then sucked on the easiest course and then he was done. Done. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. You want so, to the bang strategies or do you have any questions? Yeah. No, I got it down pretty much. Betting strategies. I mean, the Saturday cut kind of fucking, I don't know if that really makes a fucking difference. I mean, it definitely came with placements. It can. Um, I mean, I'm not I really, the Saturday I'm not really I, I, I completely it. fucking forgot about the stupid Saturday cut. It is. It's, it, it is dumb. Uh, I mean, I, I prefer when it, I mean, I wish it would go back to the COVID year where it would just, you know, stadium Nicholas cut after Friday. You go yeah. from there. Yeah, exactly. Whatever. Why? I don't know. Whatever. It is what all it right. Is. All right. So let's get some facts about all three golf courses. So they're about the same length. They're all par 72s. All, all of them have four par fives, all of them reachable, all of them, you know, four par threes. Um, same course is about 7,180 yards. Uh, Nicholas is a little shorter than that, 7,150 yards about. Lakins is about 7,060 yards. They're short par 72s. Um, only Pebble Beach, TBC Sawgrass, and Silverado play as shorter par 72s than the Beaver. So uh, I think the average length of each par four and five combined is about 450 yards. Not very difficult. Okay. Uh, not very long. Now, the difference is, like I just mentioned, at stadium course, some of these holes can play a little longer because of you know forced layups. Guys opt to take less than driver off the tee to shorter ball the trouble, or they just can't physically take a driver or else in a terrible spot uh at nicholas tournament pretty much everything's right out in front of you you can just hit driver all day long same thing with Quinta. those play very short so we'll get to the some approximate stats as far as we want to look at later but keep that in mind as far as stadium course pays a little longer just because it forces you to kind of take into account about where the trouble is nicholas and Quinta, they're short on the scorecard they're gonna play short for all these guys because you're probably hitting a lot of driver um let's talk about agronomy though that is important. I kind of men- may mention it earlier that from typically from tea to green, you know, because you're in the desert, it gets really cold at night. Uh, a lot of these golf courses just, you know, because it cosmetically looks a lot better. Uh, they will oversee the tea boxes, the fairways and the greens. Um, and usually at the same course in Nicholas tournament and definitely look into, I know they do that for a fact there. Uh, they will apply, uh, basically, they'll oversee the fairways and tee boxes with ryegrass and the greens of Poetry Bialis. Now, I mentioned earlier that Nicholas Tournament course, they have new greens. 
Those are a Tiff Eagle Bermuda. Those are going to be a little more cold tolerant. I'm going to guess those are probably overseeded. Um, the fact that, you know, saw, uh, the stadium course, though, is Tri-Dwarf. That is more of a common Bermuda. Now, when they renovate the greens next year, that might convert it to a Tiff Eagle. Um, I'm going to guess it's overseeded. I'm going to wait till my uh, content GCSA can confirm the fact. I know La Quinta is overseeded. So just assume overseeded greens. And there's a lot of golf courses with overseeded greens in the PG Tour. So let's go down the list. TBC Scottsdale, overseed with Poetry of Alice and Ryegrass. TBC Sawgrass, when it was in May, it was all Bermuda. Now back in March, overseed with Poetry of Alice. Innisbrook for the Valspar, overseer with Poetry Vialis, Austin Country Club for the WGC Match Play, overseeded. PBC San Antonio, uh, week for the Master, Masters, overseeded. Harbortown, overseeded. A lot of people always say Harbortown is Bermuda. When they play it in April, it's still overseeded. It's not warm enough to sustain the healthy Bermuda growth uh, of there. And TBC Louisiana for the Zurich, which you and I don't give a shit about. No. But in general, they're overseeded greens. So. Okay. That can make a difference for a, a lot of these guys. Like, there's quotes from like Adam Hadwin, for example. Like, you know, Canadian guy hates Bermuda on record, saying he does not put well there, but he <laughs> loves playing the desert golf because when they oversee these greens, it's more similar to what he was used to growing up, you know, in Canada. And everything. It's same with John Rom. He says that a lot of these greens roll a little truer than if it was a Bermuda, mm-hmm. and that's why you get lower scoring. So. It makes a difference. So if you want to look at putting stats, I probably would look at those places uh, as far as how these guys, you know, do there. Because, you know, just looking at Bermuda stats, it's not really Bermuda. You know, Poe Trivialis, you know, it tends to be a vertical growing grass. It takes a lot of the grain out. Um, basically, the process of overseeding a green, you, you apply a chemical that basically makes the Bermuda dormant and allows Poe to grow up. It's It rolls differently. So... I would look at those some of those places. Um, let's talk about scoring. Now, I mentioned earlier that stadium course, it was, you know, the average. Well, actually, before I do that, do you have any questions? You know, I, I know I'm talking a lot. Keep going, Bubba. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're good, man. Um, you're good. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm doing surprisingly well, considering I'm probably yeah. pretty drunk. Yeah, no, no, you're definitely drunk. <laughs> it's a role reversal tonight. I'm on my second drink. I guess it's, I guess and you're it drunk. All right, let's talk about scoring. So, Back in the 80s, it was too tough. Nowadays, the average score is about seven and a half, which is about one and a half under par. Um, yeah. Not a very difficult golf course to play. Uh, the par fours at the same course play the fifth easiest of all golf courses with at least five tournaments uh, held there on the PGA Tour since 2015. Already mentioned that collectively the par fours and fives are pretty short. Um, where it is tough, probably I would say the par threes. Those tend to be, you know, you have usually, um, most of them have a water hazard, uh, at least, you know, next to the green. Um, they only average about 180-ish or so yards in length, but uh, the 17th, which is surrounded by water, one of the hardest par threes on the PG Tour, a lot of blow-up holes on that hole. Um, that drives down the yards average, but there's a 195-yard par three on the 13th. Uh, the six is two twenty-three. Both those, you know, require a carry over water. The par threes are tough, so you got to hit your irons there. But overall, though, if you navigate those, par fives aren't that all that difficult. The par fours are definitely not that difficult either. Not all that difficult to you know get around. Um, 
if there is a area where it's difficult as far as strokes gain at the same course. Now, a lot of the handicap, by the way, is only about the same course. Um, you know, obviously the Nicholas and Tournament course and La Quinta don't have strokes gain. I'll get to that in a little bit. I'm going to probably shift focus right now as far as the same course, as far as like describing that as far as difficulty. Um, at the same course, though, if there is a difficult area, it's probably off the tee. You know, you got your classic Pete Dye principles with a lot of that golf course where, you know, the angle of the green is opposite of where the direction of the fairway. So you kind of got to focus on hitting the correct side of the fairway. You get the best angle. If you're not on the correct side of the fairway, um, you know, you got to carry over a bunker. You might be able to a pin. So, you know, at that golf course, you know, uh, it is important to at least not miss in the wrong area. Um, but on that golf course, though, just because of, um, yeah, there's water hazards. Yeah, there's some of the mogul mounds too. You kind of see on Pete Dye golf courses. But if, if you're in the rough, as long as you miss on the correct side, the rough is not penal there. It's not like what we saw at Wiley. It's only about two inch Bermuda rough that's dormant, very easy to club off of. Uh, it's one of the least penal golf courses on the PGA Tour um, heading out of the rough of. So as long as, and, and it's a less than driver golf course too. You're not hitting a lot of drivers there. Uh, the average driving distance is, I think, the sixth shortest of all PG Tour venues since 2015. <laughs> Did you just crack a drink? No. Oh, I heard a little clicking on your end. <laughs> no, I'm moving my mouse around. I was just, I want oh, to check something okay. while you're talking. All right. <laughs> Anyways, uh, it it's it's the um, where was I? So it's it's basically the, it's the sixth shortest average of distance driving distance of all PGA Tour venues. It's about two hundred eighty yards total per drive, which means a lot of forced layups. So a lot of guys are hitting hybrid three wood long iron, just playing positional golf, kind of plodding around on the stadium course. Um. So the greens are really small at the same course. They only average about 5,000 square feet in area. But even despite that, the green regulation is about 66%. That's a little above pre-tour average. Uh, anytime you have an overseeded surface, it tends to play a little softer uh, than some like you know traditional Bermuda or a baked up Bermuda or Pella or whatever. Uh, just because with an overseeded surface, you got to apply a lot of water to it. it. tends to be a little softer. Plus, at the end of the day, these are resort courses. So it has to be playable for all our members. So even though the greens are small, 66%, you know, green regulation rate. Uh, and there's a lot of shorter approach shots too. Uh, a lot of the shorter approach shots under 150, they're some of the easiest in the PGA Tour. Uh, ranks is the fourth easiest in the PGA Tour. It's, it's comparable to like Y-Line, Sedgefield. Um, it's a different story from longer approach shots though. Uh, it is the eighth toughest on approach shots from greater 150. Might be due to the fact that it's smaller greens um, might be due to the fact that it's some of the longer par threes in the PG Tour with a lot of water on them, you know, there's some you know potential for some penalties. Um, but it's kind of polar opposite as far as pretty easy approach shots under 150, pretty harder shots over 150. Uh, and then putting wise, um, you know, pretty easy greens to putt on. I just I mentioned with John Romney said that you know the greens were a lot truer with the overseed. Um, some of the easiest greens to putt on under five feet. Five to fifteen feet and fifteen plus, and then lastly, I I blew through it because I'm drunk. Um, around the green, uh, very easy to get up and down from uh, because the rough is not penal. Uh, again, yeah. it's dormant Bermuda. Now, sometimes you see like if it's a little warmer temperature, sometimes the Bermuda will start growing up, and like 
that makes the golf course look really ugly, by the way, yeah, where you uh-huh. have like, you know, the brown dormer Bermuda. And sometimes you have patches of just bright neon green Bermuda. Yep. Looks, I, know. Looks, I play golf. I play golf in Florida in the winter. I know what it looks like. Looks bad. <laughs> um, but generally speaking, though, uh, out of the rough, uh, I think second easiest to get up and down from out of the rough there. Second easiest to get from the fairway. Uh, the bunkers, though, are some of the toughest to get out up and down from on the PGA Tour. You know, I mean, like, I'm talking about the same course right now. She yeah. died bunkers. Like, yeah. you know. Brutal. Yeah. Either they're like, like some of them are like the size of a hula hoop. They're awkward. Pete Dye wants to punish you if you miss in the wrong spot. Yep. With these bunkers where they're placed, if you're there, you're probably not getting up and down. That's just that's standard Pete Dye golf right there. So um, those are kind of like, you know, overall, just how the same course plays. I'll get to the relative skills of chart right now, as far as like, you know, we'll move to some of the our golf courses too. So let's start with the same golf course. I put these in my column, by the way, uh, as far as like what traits um, this usually favors. Same course. So there's a positive correlation. Basically, it means that guys who tend to do a little, you know, be better in this category tend to do a little better. So positive correlation, like a pretty heavy positive correlation, driving distance and around the green at the same course, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense intuitively because, you know, a lot of forced layups at the same course. So you're not hitting driver a whole lot. I just mentioned the fact that it's relatively easy to get up and down at the same course. I guess if I'm trying to rationalize all of that, I would say it probably is because where a lot of the optimal layup zones are the same course. If you can access it with an iron or a three wood, a little more accurate club, you're a little better advantage than somebody who has to still hit driver to get to these places. That might be a little more inaccurate. Mm -hmm. Um, Might be that. And around the green, yes, it's really easy. But if you're somebody who's really bad around the green, it's a higher penalty to screw up and make a mistake than somebody who's really good who just can take advantage of it or stuck it close. Like basically be automatic. Right. Um, less of a correlation. We could iron play and putting and driving accuracy. The driving accuracy is probably because guys are hitting usually less than driver there. Doesn't really matter a whole lot. Iron play, there's a fair share of shorter approach shots. Uh, it could be that. And then putting-wise, I just mentioned uh, with the greens because the overseed runs a little truer. That might help a worse putter who would otherwise do poorly on Bermuda surface. Put them on an overseed where it kind of rolls a little truer, a little slower. Might be a little better. So uh, let's move on. I'm sorry. Do you have a question? Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, regardless, I mean, what? I mean, it's going to be mid-20s, right? Like mid-20s won this thing, it looks like. For- um, probably low 20s. Yeah. Like- I, I don't think there's a weather concern. That we keep it, you know, no. that way. Yeah, I mean, it's been it's been low to mid twenties, fucking forever. It looks like basically, right? The highest, I mean, twenty under was twenty seventeen with Huston, uh, with Swafford, and then right from two thousand twelve on, it's all been like low to to high twenties. So, <laughs> yeah, so as long as we don't get like wind burgers. or anything like that, I, I think it's gonna be cold next week. But otherwise, I, I think it's been raining. Uh, a little bit in Palm Springs too, but so that's gonna make the greens a lot softer. Yeah, probably a lot of birdies. Um, yeah, it fucking, fucking rained all through California. They had no idea what to do. Right. Uh, that screwed me up with my uh, my handicap of uh, the Niners game yesterday. Yeah, no. We got some bad weather intel on the Discord. Yep. Not great. Don't ever listen to weather from amateurs. All right, including <laughs> us, by the way. That's right. All right. Let's talk about the Nicholas Tournament course. So, um, we are somewhere to the course. same court. I'm sorry, what? 
I think we already talked about the Nicholas course. Uh, we're talking about a relative skill set chart. Oh, gotcha. Works okay. okay. So positive correlation in driving distance, positive correlation in driving accuracy, positive correlation in iron play, and positive correlation in putting. So I said earlier that it's basically a watered-down version of the same course where everything's kind of right out in front of you. It still has, like, off the fairway. You know, you got your water hazard, you got your mogul mounds, you know, you still have your bunkers I hit out of. So, but it's wider fairway. So if you're long and straight at the Nicholas tournament course and you hit your irons really good because you got a score there and you putt can, you know, you can putt really well, that's a match for you. So hello, John Rahm. That's why you're really good at this tournament because that basically fits you to AT. You just are long and yeah. straight and you hit your short irons really good and you putt really well. That shows right here. That's Nicholas tournament course. So at this, at this uh, particular venue, Unlike the same course, short game doesn't really hold a matter a lot because if you're missing greens, like you have to roll in a lot of birdies at this place. Mm-hmm. If you're missing greens, it's not really for you. But driving, yeah, overall driving is more important this place mm-hmm. because it is more driver heavy. You have to actually hit that club very well. If you have a good combination length and accuracy, that's going to put you a huge at the course. So, and then La Quinta. Um, Driving doesn't really matter here just because all the bunkers can be easily carried off the tee for a lot of these guys. A lot of these guys can just hit over the dog legs. But again, very easy golf course. You got to hit a lot of birdies. Positive correlation with good iron players do really well here. Positive correlation with good putters. Again, those are your scoring clubs. You have to score well here. So, yeah. so if you're playing showdown, don't worry about off the tee because everybody's kind of on the same playing level. Worry about your iron play, worry about your putting. So overall, so I put this in my article. There's two rounds of stadium course, one round of La Quinta, one round of Nicholas Tournament course. I put just in summary for driving distance, accuracy, approach play around the green and putting, just overall like positive correlation, negative correlation. So the only t- places that actually have like a distinct advantage is longer hitters off the tee or just longer hitters in general and around the green game. Those matter in three of the four rounds where you're replaying at a golf course where that favors you. Um, it is net neutral for accuracy, net neutral for approach, play, net neutral for putting. So, yeah. like that can, if you're good at those areas, that can help you. But if you're not necessarily good at it, as long as you're maybe a longer hitter or you're a really good scrambler or maybe you make up for it with your approach play, you tend to be, you can be okay. But the most important okay. aspects seem to be longer hitters do really good here. And guys are pretty good scramblers tend to do really well here too. All right. Okay. I like it. All right. So, and then, well, I'm not done. No, no, I was gonna ask a question, but go ahead. All right, no, ask a question. Go ahead. So with the two with like I mean, obviously with the two rounds at the stadium at the stadium course, like what are you what, what are you factoring in more? Like obviously on this course it doesn't matter because you can be long, you want to be long and straight, but since we're playing two on the TPC. Should we focus more on um, guys who can club down and put themselves in a good spot? Yeah, I mean, it seems like if you're able to club down at PJ West, but you're a longer hitter where, you know, these greens are pretty small too. So if you can have a shorter iron in hand, some of the maybe the longer approach shots, they are small greens, some small targets. I think that's why some longer hitters might have an advantage as a stadium course mm-hmm. because they can either club down with a more accurate club to get to the best, you know, optimal approach shot landing place. Or they can hit a higher lofted club 
to hit some of these tiny pin positions. Um, I would say that. And I would say, not necessarily if you're a really good scrambler, but if you're a really bad scrambler uh, just around the green, I think that's going to put you at a negative position at the same course. Because if you do miss a green, I think the green regulation rate is like only 66%. So one in three times you have to get up and down. Yeah. Uh, because it is so easy overall, unless you're in a bunker, get up and down. If you're really bad at it, that's going to cost you more if you make a mistake than somebody who might be just like above average. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. All right. Let's talk about approach play. Um, the only data we have is from the stadium course. It's not very helpful. Um, you know, I, I, there's a lot of shorter par fours and a lot of shots, at least more than the average in PG two were under 125. The problem is it only makes about 25% of your overall shots on the golf course. Uh, there's a significant less rate of shots between 125 and 150 than PG2 average. There's a higher rate from 150 to 175, but a much lower rate from 175 to 200. So again, you're kind of breaking up that range there. Um, and then a slightly higher rate from about 225 plus. So how I break that down is your par fives are basically your shots over 225. So you don't need to worry about that proximity range because if you just focus on par five scoring, you have that covered right there. So you don't need to bake yeah. that into your proximity range. You know, rates. Um, I guess that basically means from 175 to 225 is basically a dead zone. Those are below average rates on PG Tour. So it seems to suggest from the stadium course, anything under 175 is basically optimal. But then you got factor in the Nicholas Tournament course and uh, La Quinta. And basically, what I look at that, I mean, I don't have the exact numbers on hand as far as what ranges they are. But I know the Nicholas tournament course, it seems like everything's out in front of you. You can hit driver a lot there. Shortish course. If it's firm, you get some roll out there. I would expect a lot of short approach shots, probably under 150 there. Same thing with La Quinta, short golf course. You can hit driver there. Probably a lot of short approach shots too. I would say focus on everything less than 175 this week. Don't worry about anything else. Um, if you want to go really specific, probably under 150. I say under 175 just because there's two rounds at the same course and that has a higher than average rate than PG Tour average. But this is going to be probably a short approach shot week. Uh, I mean, we, and we've seen... Uh, look at Hoagie uh, last year, answer before that. Right, or Siwoo yeah. Kim, like Siwoo. he's in Sedgefield. He just Ooh, wanted man. Sony, like those types yeah. of golf courses. That they're more... Hudson like, Swafford, huh? Twice he's won this fucking thing? Yeah, they went to live. Unbelievable. So... So as far as proximity rates and scoring rates, I would probably focus on at maximum 175 and under. If you really want to go specific, probably 150 and under. That's probably the range you want to focus okay. on. Okay. Okay, that's it. All right, man. Well, what do we got? Do we got tomorrow the DFS show? We have anybody this week? Uh, we have no. uh, Matt Gannon on Tuesday. Okay, so we got Matt yeah. for the batting show, and then yeah. I, you're you're going on Joe's. I don't need show. This yes, week? I am. I'm going to preferred lines tomorrow night. Uh, talk about uh, some guys we like for betting, and then I'll be on our DFS show after that, and then yep. we'll talk about betting on Tuesday. And then I think what I'm doing BK show. What night does he do his? He does his on Tuesday. I don't know. I Monday or Tuesday. Tuesday. I think. It's I think Tuesday. he's. I think he switches it up. I think it's Tuesday. But either way. Yep. So I'll be on that show. So, I mean, 
The Giants win. Yeah, got Steve drunk. Got to talk about grass for like an hour. You should be on fire. Yeah, and I, st- uh, I still on, on held it together. And <laughs> got to be on seven, seventh heaven, man. Exactly. I mean, I awesome. only slurred through a lot of That's half of this fine. stuff. But I hope fine. you guys understood. Oh, if you shit. didn't, I have it in written form on the website. That basically exactly. read from that angle. tonight. Did you did you see that Dan Jones is the first player in the NFL playoffs to throw for three hundred? Yeah, just have two touchdowns and rush for over 70 yards and play off I mean, his guaranteed money just went up $20 million. <laughs> Dude, the, uh, oh, it's funny. So uh, watching the watching the highlights, and uh, so I told you I was driving, picking up food, so I didn't actually see that rough in the passer call. Um, and holy shit. Like the radio guys all said it was terrible. And that yeah, was, it was. That, was, that was bad. That was real bad. That was, hey, we want, we want to extend this game out a little bit. Gross. Okay. It was, but you know what? We're talking to the Giants, and uh, next week they play the Eagles, and we'll see. You'll be very All contentious right. on the mothership tonight. Oh, it's going to be great. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely going to be good. The, sure. uh, the mom, dad, stop fighting. You're ruining my birthday. The, exactly. <laughs> the, um, but, yeah. All right. Well, fucking uh, back at it this week. Uh, like you said, just kind of gave out that schedule. We'll put together a nice betting card for you this week. I got I to gotta, I gotta regulate these fucking these. These placements, or the matchups are, are where I've been doing fine at. And these yeah. placements have not been good. Yeah, no, no more good. being cute. No more paying juice. I wasn't even, I didn't think I was trying to, well, I was trying to be cute. I, I, I'm, I'm, t- I'm talking about myself. I mean, that's the reason why I've had a loss yeah. the last two weeks because I got way too cute. I'm just like, oh, Xander, lock, whatever. Or Tom Kim, lock, whatever. No, I need to get back to my yeah. bed and brother, butter, bet plus money. Stop being cute. No, yeah. we'll go from there. Let's do it. All right. Talk to everybody tomorrow.